Hey everyone, welcome to Siren Thriving Podcast. You are about to listen to a podcast with my very special guest, Sasha, who also happens to be my partner in life. Um, We're going to talk about some very basic tips for learning how to invest on day one. And before we get into it, I want to, to share a quote with you from Epictetus. Men are not influenced by things, but by their thoughts about things. And in general, nine-tenths of our happiness depends upon health alone. With health, everything is a source of pleasure. Without it, nothing else. Whatever it may be is enjoyable. Even the other personal blessings, a great mind, a happy temperament, are degraded and dwarfed for want of it. So it is really with good reason that when two people meet, the first thing they do is to inquire after each other's health and to express the hope that it is good for good health is by far the most important element in human happiness. So that was a quote that Sasha wanted me to share with you all and I think is so relevant because as I will stress over and over and over, health and finances are the key to having a life where we not only survive but thrive please enjoy the podcast with sasha all right so welcome to siren thriving episode one we are so excited to begin this journey with you we're going to be bringing you Lots of content that's going to help you thrive for life, especially if you're over 35. But shout out to my Gen Zers and Gen X. No, wait, I'm Gen X. Whatever, it doesn't matter. We want we're get what millennials? Yeah. Which actually, my very special guest today is a millennial. Officially, I'm kind of on the cusp of it. Um, but we want to bring you advice that's going to help you thrive. And something I'm always going to stress is. First and foremost, physical health and health in general, which includes mental health, of course. And then financial, which I came into late in the game. Uh, Basically, when I met uh, my special guest over here. So without further ado, my very special guest is Sasha. Welcome him to the show. All right. So... One of the main advices he's given me is he met me uh, right after I finished undergrad in my mid-30s. And prior to my undergrad, I was a musician. And all I wanted to do was make money being an artist. I I I told myself, I don't care how I do it. Well, I I don't care how much or how little I make, rather, as long as I do it through music. But after years of him giving me so much advice, lecturing me, me fighting it, me resisting it. It finally makes sense. If I make money first, if I set myself up financially first, then I have the time and the energy and the resources that I don't have to depend on anybody for to do as much music and art as I want. So Sasha is here today to give us some general advice. We're going to make this definitely a regular segment of getting... uh, I don't know, finances with Sasha. We'll we'll come up with a cool name for it at some point. But anyways, welcome, my love. How are you? I am well. Good to be here. Happy to be the first guest. 
Awesome. So honored. Um, by the way, I love you. Just, just put that out there. Um, so yeah, like what? Let's just start with the basics. And before you answer, I want everyone to know that's listening that Sasha is amazing at explaining finances in particular. He's very articulate. He's very wise. And I am very good at pressing for questions from the beginner perspective, even if I'm not a beginner, but I am still absolutely a beginner. So we're really going to talk about this subject and really get clarification and for anyone that's feeling intimidated or um, unenthusiastic about approaching finances in this way, like, oh, I don't have enough money or this, is, this isn't for me, um, please listen and stick with us. So hopefully you can, uh, you can grow in this journey. I'm with you. All right. So, Sasha, what, what, how, do you, how should we start in, in, for people that don't find themselves financially healthy, that are stuck in the nine to five, that are unhappy? How do, how do we start their financial health journey? Uh, there's, there's a few ways I would advise somebody to start. Uh, to improve their financial journey. First one I would uh, lean towards is resolving your debt situation. Uh, You cannot start investing uh, in any asset class if you're burdened by debt, especially if it's credit card debt. Uh, So fixing up your uh, balance sheet uh, would be the first step. If you're paying, you know, 20% interest on your credit card, there's no point of you trying to invest in real estate, stocks, or whatever asset class that may be out there, because it's not likely you're going to earn 20% to make up for the interest you're paying on that credit. Mm-hmm. So you you will immediately earn 20% by paying that down. Step one, pay down your credit card debt. Okay, awesome. So once. I hear a word like asset class, I immediately shut down because then I'm like, oh, that's not for me. I don't know anything about that. But I just want to clarify and then you, and you give me more words on that. Um, you're only making a comparison about what one, per, what one should do first before they start doing something like investing, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. So we're, we'll get into more deal, detail about what an asset class is, but you gave me a really good example of that. Um, let's just, so that's, let's talk about a real world example. Let's say I have a, um, what, what's an example of a debt? Credit cards, student loans. Okay, awesome. So let's say I have $20,000 in debt, but you're also telling me to invest. Um, and let's say on those credit cards or student and student loans, I'm paying whatever, 5% interest. That matters. So the interest rate you're paying on your debt is an important factor to look at when deciding if you should invest. And the reason I say this is because if your interest is higher than the rate of return you can make investing, if the debt interest is higher than the interest you can make on investing the rate, then you should pay down the debt first. If the interest on the debt is lower than what you can make investing, then you should not pay down the debt. You should invest that money, get that return, 
and then you'll be left with something on top. So for example, if your debt on your student loan for, is 5%, mm -hmm. but you can confidently make 10% on whatever investment you make, then why not invest and then pay the loan, the 5% you would have paid anyways with that money, and then you'll have 5% extra on mm -hmm. top of it, right? Mm -hmm. So by that rate, you could pay down your debt twice as fast. Right. So you're not saying to the point is we have whoever you are, you need to sit down and figure out what is the best way to make money the fastest. And having debt is going to dig you in a hole and you'll never get out of it. So you're not saying don't pay your debt. Use that capital to invest in stocks. You're also not saying just pay down your debt. You're saying it completely depends on the rate. It's just straight up numbers, correct? Yes. It's almost... Uh... You can look at it as opportunity cost of capital, okay? If you put capital, your money, whatever the amount is, into either paying off your debt or into an investment, the opportunity cost is the other one that you didn't do, mm -hmm. okay? So if you put it in stocks, for example, and you're earning 10%, but the opportunity cost is you're paying 20% on your credit card debt, then that's a that's a net negative right mm -hmm. but if it's the other way around let's say a credit card that is 10 percent, but on stocks you're making 20 percent mm -hmm. then you're 10 percent net positive mm -hmm. right and just just to make the example super clear would it ever be advisable to take out credit to invest <sighs> yes leverage it's, it, you can think of that as leverage which is very common in investing uh Almost everybody, when they purchase their home, are purchasing it with leverage. They're putting down a uh, percentage down, uh, commonly 20%, sometimes less. And the rest, the 80% of the house they're buying, is paid with leverage, which is debt. That it's borrowed money that you paid interest on. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And, okay. So if, for example, if interest rates are really low and you have equity in your house you can take out some of that equity in form of debt and invest it in an investment that you know can earn you more than the three percent you'll be paying on that capital mm -hmm. if you can earn ten percent in stocks or in, in another uh real estate investment then why not mm -hmm. whatever you make over three percent is money you wouldn't have had and you're making it through leverage mm -hmm. But it is, there is risk associated with that. Right. And, and that we could do entire episodes on just the risk aversion that I know so many people, like, like I said earlier, I did not get into investing until my mid thirties, until I dated you, until my partner was somebody that was in, in, in economics and a, an investor himself. And it took me living with you and so many conversations. So I'm, I'm just, I just want to give so much validation on the fear of what it takes to investing. So here's another very specific, exa uh, not example, but just situation. I know most people are broke, right? I know most people, because I was broke for most of my adult life. And to think to give $100 a month is a lot for people. And side note, listeners, like... I the 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 security and joy that I feel to not trip off stuff like that. I used to trip off a dollar, twenty dollars, like hardcore. 
And I'm not rich by any means, but I'm financially secure now through the steps that Sasha and I are going to go through with you if you keep on listening to Siren Thriving Podcast. I digress, sort of. But anyway, so for most people that are struggling with money and have no idea about investing, would it be advisable to say, let's say they have whatever, $10,000 in debt with high interest, but maybe just to get them into investing, maybe just do something like one of those apps, um, I can't remember what it's called, Acorn, where they just use your change. Is Mm -hmm. that okay just to get into investing to see that it's possible and see the growth? Or do you still advise to go straight forward to taking off debt? I mean, I would say pay down the debt if it's high interest. I like people getting involved in investing and seeing their money grow and compound. Mm -hmm. Um, But you should prioritize paying off that debt first. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, it doesn't hurt to learn about investing. You can make a mock portfolio. You can go to yahoo.com, click on the finance section. It's one of the most popular finance websites. It has great information. You can make a portfolio for free and you can follow all the stocks you want. You can read all the news. You can pretend to buy stocks and see, test your knowledge. And I did this for probably first 10 years of my investment career is I, since I was in high school, I made mock portfolios and I traded until I learned how to do something because mm-hmm. you can get lucky. You, you think what you know, what you, what you think you know something and you, when you test it out, it doesn't work out always. And even after you put in all this work and you practice, uh, once you start putting in real money, you realize emotions are attached to real money that are that are, that don't exist when you're doing it in a mock setting, in a virtual setting. Mm-hmm. But for the person that is just interested in getting started, but also has a lot of uh, high interest debt, always pay down the debt first. Mm-hmm. Step one, pay on debt. And, and let me say that you, I'm so glad you brought that up. Mock portfolios. Um, I'll get into this story in another episode, but I invested it first with my own real money and it did not turn out at the moment well but only after going through what i went through this year i'm truly now understanding that investing is a long time horizon but i'm still fresh from feeling the anxiety and doubt about um which is fud which we'll talk about also um, fear something and doubt uncertainty For, and doubt. fear uncertainty and doubt and I'm just like no fuck this it's not gonna work I'm not gonna do it this is not for me you're just lucky I would look at Sasha as lucky but that was totally out of just my own jealousy when he's obviously knows what he's doing um, always accepting the risk but this is after years of him going through it um, the emotional aspect of investing is something that we're gonna talk about ad nauseum because it is huge and that's another thing that I'm still learning to accept is the psychology and the sociology of something that you would think is so, um, what is the word? Just more, is a better word for it, but just more mathematical. Like, oh, it's business and it's numbers, but it is absolutely quantitative. Quantitative. Yeah, sorry, but but it's absolutely, qu- um, but emotion-based as well, right? That's, that's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. It is, it is fundamentally quantitative but uh the an important important attribute of doing it successfully is temperament 
Right, yeah. So, yeah, just so to clarify, this is why um, I really appreciate these conversations. So, I'm not saying that it's 100% on emotions at all. And, and, and Sasha, correct or help me elaborate on this. What I'm trying to say is that it should be quantitative, but what affects us individually as investors and then eventually collectively as investors is the, the hype and the emotions and the fear that causes things like a sell-off or people to buy things without any foundation. What, uh, am I right, uh, Sasha, where it's, we should fall back to the quantitative re- and, and reason, correct? As far as when we choose stocks and when we invest. Well, if we're speaking about stocks, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, which is only one type of there, asset. There should be a basis for evaluation that's mathematical, in essence, mm-hmm. and not opinion-based or emotion-based. Mm-hmm. So we're just giving you a very small taste into what it's like to start to develop financial health and financial knowledge, financial consciousness. Um, so with the mock portfolios, I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, I also, I like I said, I didn't do it, but I wish I did. I wish I did it a long time ago. And it could be an incentive for you. Because like, let's say you do it and you're unsuccessful. You like, in, with your mock portfolio, you quote, lose tons of money. No big deal. You just keep experimenting, figure it out. If you win, sorry, not win. If you gain a lot, if you have a lot of gains, then that can incentivize you to hurry up and pay down your debt as best as you can. And then once you're done paying off your debt and you're ready to start building wealth, oh my gosh, you'll already have all that knowledge from working with mock portfolios, especially because you are consulting with Siren Thriving Podcast and Sasha. Boop, boop. So yeah, with uh, before we end, um, with the uh, mock portfolios, where can they go and how should they go about it? So you've decided you're interested in investing. You know nothing, I'm, I'm gonna assume. And you're gonna start from there. So step one is Let's read up, or you can just watch some YouTube videos of explanation of what a equity is, which is another word for stocks. These are U.S. equities. What a stock is, is a share, an equity share in a company. Uh, Each share represents a piece of the company, and a company is divided in a certain amount of shares. The uh, shares value is derived based on the company's value divided by the number of shares. Okay, so when buying a company, you, you, you should probably start to explore companies you're familiar with. This is uh, Warren Buffett's teacher, Benjamin Graham. Invest in what you know. Mm-hmm. So... Don't invest in uh, biotech if you're not a scientist or a doctor who understands bio- biotech and that science. That's gonna be all over top of your head. You, you're not gonna understand what they're talking about. You're not gonna understand it, if it's a good product or not. If you love Apple products, 
you love the iPhone, you love everything Apple, well, that's a good starting point. You're, you're already the consumer of it, right? So you, if you like it and you see everybody else likes it, that's a good starting point. Well, then explore the competition of that company and how do they compare and what's the addressable market. But also, uh, learn about how to evaluate a company. There's a lot of acronyms. There's a lot of metrics to evaluating a company. And at first, it can be like a lot of jargon to learn. And it can be intimidating. But just start off by, by something simple, whatever it is. You, you heard it in news. You don't know what it means. You maybe read it in an article. Just Google it. There's Investopedia, Wikipedia, uh, Google, YouTube. Just find out what the term means. Learn it really well. Read it in a few places. Really understand inside out what that term that you did not know before means. So next time you see it, you know exactly what that means and how it's derived. And, you know, just start slowly. Over a few weeks, you'll start collecting these terms. And when you read uh, financial news about a company you're interested in, you start to understand more and more of the picture. Mm-hmm. That's great advice, and he knows what he's talking about, y'all. The only thing that I want to clarify is you're saying that if you're not a scientist, don't invest in biotech, uh, which I agree with to a point, but I don't use Apple products, so but I still invest in Apple. I don't know Tesla, but I have invested in Tesla because I've studied their fundamentals. Um, could you do that with industries that you're not necessarily an expert in, but if, as long as you study the fundamentals, you can make I would a... say yes, eventually you can, you can invest in industries that you're not an expert in or familiar with, but to start, I would say go with something you know, that you, you, you spend some time acquiring knowledge. Whatever field of expertise you are in now is probably best. Doesn't matter what it is. Let's say you, you work in the restaurant industry. Maybe you work in hospitality industry or travel industry or uh, whatever industry you may have spent some part of your career working in or studying a certain field. There, there's, there's your uh, competitive advantage. You know something that a lot of people don't know because of the time you invested in acquiring that knowledge. Use it to your advantage. Make money off of it, right? Mm. If, you, if you know stuff about cars because you're a gearhead, then for, for crying out loud, just invest in car companies because you really understand what makes a quality car. When, when a company uh, comes out with something new that most people won't understand and you do, you can project how this is gonna impact the, the market. sales and the market, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So use whatever competitive advantage you have to start. Therefore, go with the things you know and that you're familiar with. Later, when you, you get more comfortable with evaluating companies, you can venture out to other industries. But even then, certain industries are just take a, take a lot of specialized knowledge to do it right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well... That is amazing advice, my love, um, a.k.a. Sasha. Um, we're going to keep these uh, Siren and Sasha 22-minute financial fitness 
episodes just for you. I'll have step-by-step advice on how to start financial health from absolute scratch, absolute beginners. It's also going to help me, even though I'm just a tiny, tiny bit ahead of an absolute beginner. It's going to be helpful to me to organize it in a way that can be helpful to you. And we're going to be on this journey together. So thank you so much, Sasha, for being our expert today. You're amazing and I love you. I is expert. (laughs) And thank you all for listening to Siren Thriving Podcast Episode 1. We're so thankful you're here and can't wait to be on this journey with you to thrive for life. Boop, 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 boop.